Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today's day, today's topic, blame. We are going to give you some tools. We're not going to give you tools to be better at blaming people. (laughs) We actually probably need less of that. We are going to see if we can't uncover, you know, is there a benefit to blaming? Is there a downside to blaming? We all do it. My favorite moment in my family is when one of the children, just, you know, it's rare. It's a rare moment. But one of the kids will say, uh, you know, something will be broken. All of a sudden you'll hear a crash. And then you'll say, hey, and you run in the living room and they're all standing there. (laughs) And then it's game on. It's the blame fest. What happened? He pushed and hit and threw. She. And then off they go. It's true. And it's love. When my sister was little, we have this video of her being like, my dad, the, the potty was broken, her little. Her little special potty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he said, Kim, who broke the potty? And she said, mom broke the potty. She's like, <laughs> I know mom didn't break the potty. No, mom did. <laughs> and, then, and then she said, well, my brother broke the potty. And he's like, I know your brother didn't break the potty because he's way older than her and he wouldn't do that. And so he, she went through all the siblings. Everybody. <laughs> Come on, and Kim, accept responsibility. It was her. <laughs> but see, I think this blaming thing's been going on since the Garden of Eden. Really? Yeah. Do explain. Well, you know, Eve, Adam blamed Eve. Oh, it's true. Okay. Eve blamed Lucifer, Satan. There you go. Satan blamed God. Everyone's to blame. I think it's just I think it's just part of life. It's we've got to blame because if I don't blame, then I've got to it's got to be about me. Mm-hmm. So it's easier than having it be about me. It's just easier to make it your fault. Yeah. Problem, it seems like, if you're always making it everyone else's fault, then how do you grow? This reminds me of um, a couple weeks ago when everybody got sick. <laughs> tell, tell more. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you blamed me for getting you sick, and I was the bad guy. You Well, okay, let's get real. <laughs> You you did bring the the infection, the virus, into a small enclosed room. But it wasn't my fault. You then, you had incubated it until the point of when you were febrile, with fever. Then at the apex of the infectious state, you came and you started standing really close to me. And you started... <laughs> Okay, doctor. <laughs> and spewing <laughs> virus. Oh, that's a little bit dramatic. No, but... James was there. James, is that how? No, it, it's definitely true. And okay. that microphone to this very day is infected. To this day, I won't use that microphone. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that's that blame the one you're was, using. That blame was justified. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Okay. That's if good. I had a gong, what would I do? <laughs> Probably nothing because because you it's not connected to a computer that would go on air. Exactly. So you would actually have a gongless. Gong. By the way, I've had a gongless gong. Not pretty. No. <laughs> no. Not, I'm not blaming anyone for it. Okay. Well, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't either. Um, so we're talking about blame today, and I see it just in marriage all the time. I see it. Because oh, see, what's hard is that we can make it anything we want to make it. If I want to blame you and, and escape any responsibility, I, I can do that. I can blame anyone for anything. You know, you know who I think is the ultimate that everybody blames? Justin Bieber. Uh, no. Okay. Okay, Mike thinks yes. Mike but, said yes. Yeah. 
He gets a vote. Yeah. <laughs> I think that everybody blames the president. Yes. Obama <laughs> gets blamed for everything. Yes. I feel like everything is like... The vacuum cleaner's broken. Obama's oh, fault. Obamacare. Flat tire. <laughs> Obamacare. Obama did it. It's always yeah. Obama. It seems like it's always the president. <laughs> but it is. And, and, you know, I guess that's the problem is if you don't like Obama... He's the one who, but Bush got blamed. Hello? Yeah. yeah. It's nah, not Republican Bush or Democrat. To be blamed. It's yeah. definitely just, it's always the president's well, which, fault. Which is I feel maybe, like that should be in there. Like the job description. Yeah. Once well, they put their hand on the Bible, do, you will re- get blamed for the everything. The national scapegoat. I accept. <laughs> but, but isn't that really what that is? Because you're the president. So the buck stops here. Mm-hmm. That's what we always say. But then I think that's what that's why this kind of continually gets perpetuated and no one ever changes. Because... Everyone can blame. And, and this is a perfect – we have a, actually a perfect political setup to have nobody own anything. Right, right. So short of being caught in a scandal, but even if you're caught in a scandal, you can still blame, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it was my addiction. My addiction did it. So I'm going to go get help, which is great. Okay. Mm-hmm. We don't accept responsibility very well. We blame. And then all politicians do. And think about it. Like, and we're supported in it, too. Oh, like yeah. you said, like, I feel like sometimes the checks and balances are the best system, yet they are like, well, this also went through someone else, too. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I didn't do it. I mean, <laughs> this it was, was checked and balanced. Right. The EPA did it. No, the EPA. No, but who did it? And then the next level and the next level. And everyone's got someone to blame. There's so many levels. Yeah. It's but then in the end, pinpoint. the rest of us just are tired of it. So we quit caring. We quit voting. We quit making decisions by ourselves. And again, then we're to blame. See? It's a cycle. But then we don't blame ourselves because I want to vote for someone, but the political world's just so messed up. So it's the political world's fault. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. And then we die. And then we die. Not to be gross. Then the world is over and the animals rule the earth. Right. And then guess who's to blame? Who? The veterinarians. When the animals are running the world... The vets are going to get to blame. No, I don't know who blame. I don't know. Who everybody's gone. Yeah. There's no blame. Hey, in the news, you've done some research here. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to what I prepared. Because <laughs> your research is actually very interesting. Uh, because it's like who's to blame in the news? Yeah, which there's always somebody. Well, there you know so what it is. It's, what's, it's the media. It's the media. The media conspiracy. The right wing. No, the left wing liberal media is to blame. I won't argue that. <laughs> wow. I've watched CNN before. That was easy. I just fixed it. <laughs> just it's, kidding. So, so, okay, who's to blame in the news? Okay, I think that this is a really interesting story. Yeah. Every car in 2018 that's made is going to have a backup camera. Oh, cool. Because of all the deaths that have happened from it. It'll save up to 69 deaths a year. Yeah. Can, can I just suggest something? But they're something? blaming Again, it on us, so they're fixing us who, the problem. Us who? The bad drivers? Who? Yes. Yes, just everybody. Everybody's to blame. Not okay. women. Not all of your stereotype bad drivers. No, it's not. You, you, here's an answer. <laughs> Again, I'm not an engineer. We could go. I okay, whatever. Put a backup camera on every car mm-hmm. in 2018, and that will save 69 lives. I love that idea. Brilliant. Put here's a better idea. Put a front camera on every iPhone. So that when yeah. you're texting, that's what I thought. You too. can still. I'm going to bet you have more front accidents because people aren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. So can I just suggest if we have a backup camera, we're still not going to pay attention. We don't pay attention going forward. 
So even having a camera, we're not going to pay attention unless it's on your cell phone. I think they actually have an app for that. They have an app. That There's an app? Yeah, that, that activates your camera while yeah. you're using your phone. So when you're texting, it shows what's it. behind your That's phone. It. And, you know, you could just... If you could text wow. and see where you're crash. driving, you know, even like if it's like behind the text, you'd probably drive better. Well, the thing is, though, is that you're holding your phone down. So it's like, I guess yeah. you could see behind the phone, but it'd yeah. just be your speedometer. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, you'd have I'm to raise going. your hand. Everybody's lazy. No, but I, I think They'd what you ought to do is you ought to have the camera feed your phone so you can look down on your lap like you would like when you're pretending oh, yeah. to hide your camera so you're not going to get a ticket. <laughs> um, so th- see, see the crazy thing that's about so it funny. is everyone, we all then assume because we have a camera, it, it will no doubt save lives because there are some people that actually pay attention when they're backing up and they'll pay attention to a camera too. I mean, I really think that'll help a ton because you can't always see. But for the rest of us yahoos who are convinced that everything else is everyone else's fault, I'm going to bet that won't help. Well, it probably won't take all the zero fatalities, you know. It I mean, probably won't get there. I but. saw a lady driving here, texting, going 80. Oh, that's scary. Because they say that that's like drunk driving. You're probably right. I all totally right. agree with you. Anyway, we can bl- but You know what? Now, great. Hey, great. Great. We got a fix. Now we'll have backup cameras. So the, I guess the real question that I have is how is this going to affect driver's ed teachers? Because I know, I remember that yeah. I was docked points when I wasn't looking behind mm-hmm. me the entire time that I was backing up. But the camera screen is going to be in front of me. So what do I do? So I think it's problematic, too, because that camera won't pick up everything behind you, right? Like yeah. the car that's coming from the left. Yeah. Like, you know, five cars away, which you should still be looking for. When you're backing out, I mean, so you're going to have to keep on like looking back, look back, look forward, look back, look forward. But so, oh, how does man. this have anything to do with blame? I guess it's who, why we need the camera is because government's blaming. We need more technology. Yeah, they well, they just think that that it'll solve the problem. It, it, it but just, who's to blame? Is it the driver or yeah, is it the car? It's the driver. <laughs> it's they're the saying. Driver. I mean, essentially, they're yeah. saying, "Oh, the car doesn't have enough technology. Sure, so we're going to fix and it." That's true. That's but great. It's, I and think it's what, the know, awareness I, of the drivers. I think what we'll find out, we'll still have backup fatality deaths. I think we'll see. We'll still see fatalities. And because what we'll if find they're out not is, paying attention now. Well, we have how much technology do we have now that we don't use? How much just common sense do we have now that we don't use? So when does this end? I guess eventually we'll have a backup front camera, side camera, rear view camera, All heat sensor, app. heat detector. <laughs> with and, the you texting. Know right. And we'll still be eating French fries as we're backing up with our eyes on our text that we just got. Yeah, probably. But then what's great is we'll be able to blame McDonald's because the fries were interfering. Hmm. Not McDonald's. They've got enough crap. They've got great fries, by the way. Yeah. I, I just went there this weekend. And I usually don't go there, but oh, when I'm heaven. traveling, you have to go to fast food. Sure. Or else, Where you were know. you traveling? I went to Moab. If wow. you didn't notice my tan. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I must not be there okay. then. <laughs> you mean that, that red, like reddish burn? Hue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were it. just winded and I thought you were just flushed. No, I'm just okay. really tan. Well, it looks good. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't use the word tan. <laughs> Because tan, I think, is actually a color, isn't it? Tan's a color. I would use more rose, your rosiness. My rosiness. Because you're rose. You're rosy. Yeah, Jess, you're looking more rosy. Did you go to (laughs) southern Utah? Did you go to southern Utah, Moab? (laughs) So anyways, I had McDonald's. (laughs) And what'd you eat? Uh, Anyway, don't go there. 
I well, what I was gonna say was that they they have calories on everything. I know, like it was McDonald's fault I, that we got fat, so they yeah. solved the problem. I, just, I didn't know I that was funny. I didn't know Big Mac. <laughs> I just noticed that I was yeah. like, oh, now I'm guilty because it's my fault that I'm eating all this fat food, yeah. not McDonald's. <laughs> but I guess too, it's it's impacting cells. McDonald's cells are down too. Oh, are they? <laughs> I, maybe it's because they're now like we're now telling how many calories there yeah, are. Now and, now we're blaming ourselves. I felt guilty. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't realize this. The hamburger was five six hundred calories. You know what? I thought I got a healthy kind too. We can't blame McDonald's. We, we ha- if you're going to blame someone, blame your mother. Isn't that oh. what, that's the? Isn't that where everyone goes? I'm going to be a mom someday. Which Don't we always start blame that our rumor. mother. We blame our parents. So now my problems are my parents' fault. Yeah. Or it's Mc- Ronald McDonald's fault. I like Ronald. Or it's my rear camera. I don't have one. Okay, here's another one. Yeah. Here's some more blaming stuff. Okay, today the big thing is it's the deadline for Obamacare. Yeah. And I just thought this was so funny because um, basically, if you have a good enough excuse, yeah, you tried. I tried to get on. You're bl- if you have something to blame, then they will extend the deadline. That's great. So really, the deadline, not deadline, is today. But I'm wondering honestly if we couldn't do the same thing with our taxes. I meant, I meant oh, to pay right. my taxes. Why I was not? going to. Yeah, I meant to. In fact, I was. <laughs> I was on my way <laughs> to pay my taxes and then and then, you know, I forgot. But I was I wanted to. But yeah. then then You shouldn't take responsibility. Well, my car broke. You couldn't down. have done it. Yeah. You, there's no way that this, that's your fault. Oh, see, and here we go. And so why do we even need this? Well, because the tech not the launch was not so great and then why well, why wasn't the launch great? Well, because of this and the Republicans love it. And see, oh, we're just such a blaming culture. And and the website is completely yeah. busted today. There's Is it today? Is it oh it's down. So now yeah, you know, now they'll need to extend it. More more excuses, more blaming. Well, how sad for all those people that were going to <laughs> We were gonna do it. They were going to show they their made intent. a good effort, yeah. honest people, and they can't because the website's down. <sighs> it's not fair. It's been up and down the whole day, but anyways. Well, haven't we all? Honestly. And most people aren't insured right now. I've been up and down. All day. <laughs> Who's to blame on That's that? That's like a good new saying. Like, I've yeah. been up and down all day like an Obamacare website. <laughs> <laughs> like an but Obamacare. I'm not blaming anybody. <laughs> I love that. That's good. That uh, should be a meme. Let's, let's Please start. meme that we and put to, it on Facebook. Let's just say up Pinterest. and down. I've been up and down. But my intent is good, and, I, and I'm intending to do it as soon as I get up. I try. I ought to try that. Hey, honey, sure. No, I would love to help around the house. In fact, that's my full intent as soon as I'm up. <laughs> as soon as I'm up and I can do it, I'll I will be up. Right now I'm down. Right it's, now I'm down. It's looking pretty down, so getting up is going to be a little bit yeah. more of an effort than So normal. when I'm down, all I'll do I can just int- I'll just tell you my intent is to be a part of the family when I am up. If you want to help make me a sandwich. <laughs> if you're up. If you're up. Cuz if you're not up, don't make me a sandwich. That's fine. But just let me know what your intent is. Right. Gosh, that would be a good life. If all you had to do is intend it. Hey, I intended to come to work today. I did. <laughs> and then I was down. I'm down. I'm not going to make it in. That'd be great. That would be awful. <laughs> Nothing would uh, ever get done. I know. Actually, um, my husband just got back from Africa, and they he said that they're like that. Oh, that it's very late. But yeah. But that see, they're that's... just like, I didn't. I was going to. They'll no, just keep it there. <laughs> the thing is that you would always have the perfect birthday gift. It's like, oh. Oh, you, you know. wouldn't believe what I was going to get you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was amazing. And I would have. I actually still intend to. 
I've just been down. <laughs> and, you know, it's the thought that counts. Really, it's the thought that counts. We were going to. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> we were going to have a show, Nothing but we didn't prep it for no. you, Matt. Well, I we're not going to do anything Well, I, I was actually going to pay you all. <laughs> you wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to, and I wanted you to all keep your jobs. Oh, well. It's just, we're down right now. <laughs> so that probably won't happen. Seriously. <laughs> Money would be the thing. See, we don't even need blame. You can just – that's it. We figured it out. Okay, there's the show, folks. Uh, you no longer need to blame. Just state your intent, your, whatever you're intended to do. And then instead of blaming anyone, you don't need to blame Obamacare or anything. Don't you just do say, it because you don't you, have to. Well, you just say because we were down. Yeah. So don't do anything. Like a website. It was down. Sorry, the website was down. The blame. The blame. The blame game. That's what we're talking about on the show today. We've all got it. We all blame somebody, somebody, something – it's not my fault. It's my wife's fault that our marriage isn't right because I want to talk to her. It's just she's so yappy, judgmental. So I just leave. Don't come back for days. But I don't want to not come back. I want to be there. It's just mm, yappy, yappy, yappy. Can't do it. We're talking blame today. How do you get around that? How do you figure out uh, when should you take the blame? That's what we're going to get into next. Our own Mike Pond will be here next block. He's going to teach us, you know, when should you take the blame? When should you take the fall? And when should you not? We'll be getting to that as well as uh, some more tools, ideas from our experts on the show today. We're here, folks, giving you a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Today we're talking the blame game. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Dr. Matt here. We're talking today about um, blaming and the blame game. You know, it's just so easy to pass the buck, blame everyone else for your horrible, dysfunctional life. So we asked uh, our own Mike Pond to go do a little bit of research on when to blame, because there's got to be an appropriate time to blame. Right, Mike? Well, yeah. And I mean... But, I mean, maybe you wouldn't use the word blame. Maybe you would just be assigned. There's a proper time to assign responsibility. That is a better way to put it. Accountability. Right. You know, I was at a friend's house this last weekend. Really? And she was washing her dishes, and uh, I heard this dog kind of yelp, you know, when you step on a dog, you know? Every day. And she she had stepped on the dog's tail or foot or or head or something. I don't know. I didn't see. But then she kind of yelled at the dog and kind of looked over at me and said, uh, oh, that dog is always in the way, you know? Interesting. And I said, really? You step on a dog and it's the dog's fault. Yes. You know, actually, a lot of us do that. A lot of us do that. That's true. But see, that's probably why we have a dog. You, know, you could blame the dog for everything. Everything. What's he going to do? Homework, eating. He's not going to fight back. Um, no. Take it like a dog. <laughs> Have you ever ever heard that phrase? Just put the dog outside. There, take that. But see, uh, so she right then probably could have said, ah, oh, you know what? He's always in the way and I don't pay attention. And that's and kind I, of- sw- I step yeah. on him. That's kind of what our society does. And we'll have a guest later on to talk more yeah. about that. But I was doing some research and, and I was trying to find some, some articles, some research on the Internet. And everything I was finding was, was something along the lines of this. How to take or how to apologize without taking the blame or how to oh, wow. whatever, how to do whatever without actually taking the blame. Yeah. Well, I, guess, I guess we don't want to take the blame. 
Yeah, I guess most people don't. But couldn't you just own your part of it? Well, and that's the problem, too, is that people take too much blame. Yeah, also. Th- yeah then you're just being stepped on. Um, I was reading some research that uh, like 40% of senior managers say in this specific study that was done that they've accepted blame uh, for you know missed yeah, work so, or whatever yeah. for something that wasn't their fault wasn't at work. And then they asked them why, and they said about 40% thought that they felt indirectly responsible, or and another 30% said that they didn't want to get someone under them or someone else in trouble. in trouble. But that's, you know, that's a horrible attitude. That may be admirable, but that's going to really... But maybe that... See, that's interesting. Like, taking the fall for another person might be a way to show, you know, endearing or leadership. It's a way to maybe say, I'm loyal to you. I got your back. I understand why you did it. I had a deadline. You had a deadline. I guess I'll go tell my boss. I'll take the fall with my boss. Well, Instead of throwing you under the car, throwing you under the bus. Isn't that... That seems nice. Well, yeah, it's nice, but uh, I mean... Eventually, I guess, dysfunctional. Yeah, that's going to make you escape goat later on. Yeah, if you do it all um, the time, that's probably bad. If you're not really responsible for the error, you shouldn't be the one to take the blame. And we ah. see that kind of from great leaders. Yeah. They pass the credit and they take the blame. You know, that's kind of the... See, maybe so that's it. So they might feel like, I need to lead my people better so those mistakes don't happen. So exactly. I'll, I'll own the mistake that I didn't give the deadline properly to my people and my people didn't do their job. Yeah, and that's okay. But let's say that you're in a situation at work where you're getting the blame when it's not actually your fault, maybe yeah. from a supervisor yep. or a boss or something. Um, what do you do if your boss is constantly blaming something on you? I, uh, I'd probably let the air out of his tires in the parking lot. You know, that's how some people react, but I would recommend... Oh, is that not, uh, is that not the, the right answer? That's one of Okay, many. that's one answer, um, sure. You know, well, hopefully Don isn't listening to this right no. now. No, well, I'm pretty sure he um, is, actually. You you want to document the exactly what's going on. So, uh, you know, there's, there's proof that yeah. it's really not your error, but so, you want to stay calm. Yeah. So if you really are being blamed for something yeah. that you're not really to be blamed for, go get some data, document what's happening... Stay calm. Don't freak out. Yeah, you don't want to create some. You don't want to use this in some kind of confrontation. Yeah, like big deal. Look, it's not my fault, but you want to have it so you can offer yep. some examples. Here's the real data. This is what's happening, and, and define the problem. Yeah, I and like so that. You can offer a solution and uh, agree on on a resolution. You see this a lot in corporate America, where one department's supposed to get something done. They don't always hand it off in time. You didn't get it in time, so you had to rush it, and then they somebody doesn't like the end product. Yeah. You could just take the hit, but you could also go say, look, can I, let's just be clear about the solution here is I'm also not getting this when I'm supposed to be getting it. You told me I'd get this two days ago. I'm getting it now. Here's when I received it. Let's get real. Let's talk about this. You got to. Yeah. You can't just take the blame always. No, no. no. That's taking the blame is uh, counterproductive. And, you know, if you're if you're taking too much blame. Yeah. That you don't really deserve. It's just to- totally detrimental to the whole system. Well, and nor running. is blaming everyone. Like, so if I'm the leader, instead of me just sitting here spewing blame and throwing it out at everybody, maybe I ought to go figure out what's really going on. If my need is to blame somebody, you're going to probably create systems where people don't trust you and don't want to be. They don't want to be real because they know they'll be blamed. That's the that's where everyone starts covering their rear end and they're all afraid and they all start emailing and everything has to be documented and everyone wants to make sure they're not in trouble. That's, that's a bad system. Totally counterproductive. Yeah. Not very efficient. See, I don't blame any of you guys. Really? Oh, I blame Jess. Jess got me sick. But I don't blame – I mean, I you know, 
I could just, I just, but you might notice your tires are out of air. Hypothetically. Speaking, of course, yes. because yeah, I don't. Um, so blame or not? I would say take the blame when you're responsible and don't take the blame when you're not responsible. That's good advice. Bottom line. Bottom line. Now, here's the deal. Let's compare it to what our excellent guests. When we take a break, uh, Dr. Neil Farber is going to be joining us. He is the author of the book, The Blame Game, The Complete Guide to Blaming. So as if you didn't think you had already mastered this idea, Dr. Neil Farber is going to join us, and he's going to uh, help teach us about blame, how to be careful, how to make sure uh, we, we know how to do this in a proper, healthy way. We'll be back. Dr. Neil Farber up next on The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about the blame game, that fun little thing we all do when we blame somebody. I only did it because you did it, and you did it because she did it, and everyone's doing it, but nobody's taking responsibility. So we decided we were going to take this subject on, learn more about the blame game, so we went to the library and we found the book on it. The Blame Game is the name of the book, The Complete Guide to Blaming, How to Play and How to Quit, and uh, Should We Blame or, or What We Should Do. That's what we're going to be getting into today. Our, our uh, guest today is Dr. Neil Farber, and he's what I call a doctor squared. He's an MD and a PhD, right? When one doctorate doesn't do enough for you, Dr. Neil Farber went for two. And uh, he's, he's an awesome expert uh, to bring in on this subject. He is an associate professor of pediatrics, pharmacology, and anesthesia at the Medical College of Wisconsin with dual doctorate degrees in research and medicine. He also has a degree in psychology and adjunct fa- faculty in the Department of Psychology at Arizona State University. He's a life coach and certified in that and directs a wellness course for physicians. He also is a blogger for Psychology Today, one of our favorite uh, blogs to be looking into and, and, and you know websites to be chasing and learning more every day. He's the founder of the Dynamic Health and Wellness Institute, also the author of over 100 professional articles, abstracts, and book chapters. And today we're talking about the book, The Blame Game, The Complete Guide to Blaming, How to Play, and How to Quit. So welcome to the program, Dr. Farber. Thank you, Dr. Townsend. It's a great pleasure to be here. Good to have you here. I mean, it seems like blaming has been there, I always joke, since Adam and Eve, right? So that's, you know, they've been doing it since the very beginning of time. Um, fill me in. How did, how, first of all, how did a professor of pediatrics, pharmacology, and, and anesthesia get into writing a book on blaming? Uh, great question. Um after uh, all that education, um, I was pretty frustrated after a while. I had a research lab and, and a really busy career, and I wanted to spend more time at home and more time with my family, and I uh, kept trying to do that. And uh, my wife at the time didn't agree with that and thought that I needed a lot of help learning how to like my job more, <laughs> and 
Uh, and so I, as time went on, I got more and more frustrated with, with work and being extremely busy. I was successful, but wasn't really enjoying it. Yeah. And instead of uh, taking responsibility and instead of saying, okay, well, I just can't do this anymore and changing jobs, I blamed her. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I attributed all my unhappiness to my wife, and it took a divorce and, uh, and a big change in life to realize that, that uh, it was my responsibility the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, and no matter how she had, uh, had said, no, you can't do this, we had a nice house and we had all this stuff that we didn't want to lose from me changing jobs, uh, I ended up uh, opening up a karate school. I teach karate, and I opened up a karate wow. school, and, I, and yeah. I did a bunch of things that I always wanted to do and realized I could have done those all the time. Yeah. I was the only one stopping me from doing that. She had nothing to do with that. Um, so we get to benefit, because that's a big lesson, really. And I see it every day with the clients I work with. It's The blame game is this... It's it, it's going to happen. It happens naturally where we're going to scapegoat somebody or, um, you know, or and exactly. make them the cause of our discontent. But in reality, uh, we have a lot of power over this. So I'm I'm honestly grateful that that a you found the learning and now let's uh, teach us teach us what you learned. So when you talk about the blame game in your book, um, what uh, how do you describe the blame game? What is it? Well, you you brought up a perfect example when you uh, talked about Adam and Eve, because that's how old the game is. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Adam and Eve, a lot of people forget the whole story that it wasn't just Adam that blamed Eve. Right. Eve. She blamed, blamed the serpent. serpent. Yeah, exactly. And and she said, and then uh, Adam turns and he says to uh, to God. It's the woman that you gave me in the first place. Yeah. So now they're blaming God. <laughs> no, but, blaming I, God. but you see that. You see people do that all the time. When they have misfortune or problems, they'll blame each other. They'll blame the government. They'll blame whatever. But then they'll also blame their God. And they'll. I mean, it's it's really this inherent kind of instinct of the human being, isn't it? Exactly. It's uh, well, whether it's an instinct, whether it's innate, whether it's a learned behavior, um, it it could be. Uh, and likely is all of those. Yeah. So the so in the book, I make it into a to a game as the oldest game that that we have. Um, it's uh, about the most popular game that's ever been invented. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we all try to to play to find fault in others. So the goal of the game is either to avoid or shift responsibility away from ourselves. So and as long as we're shifting it away or avoiding it. We're, we're winning in the blame game. Exactly. I mean, we're a society that's just entrenched in blame. It's pervasive. It's become our national pastime. And it's important, I guess, to to see the game. I mean, if you don't see that it's going on, then you're actually more complicit in it, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, there's and, and blame comes uh, so naturally, and we're so entrenched in it, that we blame and we accuse every chance we get. And we do it out of fear, we do it out of anger, we do it out of ignorance. We blame those we love, those we hate, those we don't even know. Yeah. Do we ever blame our, and I guess we blame ourselves too, that might be the shame side of it. Like, oh, I'm it's no funny. good, I'm an idiot. You're right, we, we do that. But if you listen closely, when a lot of people blame themselves, 
it's for things that they have very little responsibility for. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it starts raining when we're having a picnic, and it's, oh, this is all my fault because I said, isn't it a nice day out? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we tend to take blame when we know we're at fault, and we're going to be a little less harsh than others may be. Interesting. So we do blame ourselves, but it's not uh, often our first choice when it's something that's that's important to us. And we often look look uh, first to others. Now, do, what, I'll, I'll go ahead. A room full of kids, and and you say, "Who did that?" And everybody's fingers point. Yeah, it's so true. No, that's what I love. And what's amazing is in the room, they all actually believe the others to blame. Okay. I I threw the ball, but he <laughs> brought the ball in the room. <laughs> and right. mom's the one that put that there and when she put that vase there she said she probably ought not put that vase there because we usually throw <laughs> stuff right there so in a way mom mom did it <laughs> that's right when, when i was a kid i i walked my bike home i had just learned to ride it and uh and i i had run into something and i brought the bike home and and i said my dad said what happened i said it broke he said it didn't break. <laughs> My bike broke. It broke it. It broke. It's a bike. Somebody broke it. It can't break itself. But isn't that interesting? We put it outside of us. That's really what this is about, huh? Is moving the responsibility outside of us. Exactly. But that well, seems like a crazy thing to do to your psyche because you're really setting yourself up to then not be able to change it, grow it, fix it. I guess you're only out is blaming more. Until you take responsibility, which even the word responsibility is taken on negative connotations when you think, when you say, who's responsible? We don't say that in a good way. Right. No, yeah. Because taking responsibility is liberating. Yeah. But instead, main, that is kind of like, okay, who do I need to beat up here emotionally? That's, exactly. Who am I going to fix? And Yeah. That's sad. We haven't equated responsibility to the ability to respond. We think of it as a, as a negative and being accountable. That means whose fault is this? Yeah. Not, not who can we rely on? Yeah. Not who's taking command and, uh, and showing self-confidence, self-esteem, and, uh, and being a leader. And even just being a leader in terms of our own thoughts and feelings and actions, words and, and reactions. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, once you do that, you realize how much control we have, which over is our, our own thoughts and lives. Well, and uh, I like, yeah, like we realize we're we're really free agents, right? And you and yeah. you you get to you get to choose, and you get to control, and you can't control everything, but you can control how you respond, exactly, and, and what you do and what you don't do. But yeah, I mean, accidents happen, so. When an accident happens, you didn't choose that, but you'll get to choose pretty much, I guess, everything else. How do you and, handle and, and it? As you said, one of the most important things is is how we respond, because that's often what we're blaming people for, is is our response. And we say, well, I wouldn't have, but he did this. Right. Well, but that doesn't have anything to do with what you did. Exactly. You still have a choice. Such, and it's funny that I, and I see that in marriage. Well, yeah, sure. I know I've turned into an angry, horrible, mean human. 
which I'm not normally wanting to be. But I'm only that way. We almost think that this this yeah. little story caveat right here is going to take away <laughs> my pain. But I'm only that way because, you know, he had an affair. Well, sure. Right. Yeah. And you're still an honorary, angry, mean. I know, but it's uh, it's outside of me. What do you have these ABCs of blaming? Yeah. What are the ABCs of blaming? Is this to make us better at blaming? Um, it's it's a process that is uh, is intimately involved in blaming. It's the accuse, blame, and criticize. Mm. And then the DEF is we deny, we excuse, and uh, find fault. Deny, excuse, and find fault. Huh. Wow. So the A is accuse. B accuse, blame, and criticize. And we blame, and then we criticize. Then we deny. That's interesting. And these are the processes, I guess, to avoid taking responsibility. Exactly. (laughs) So interesting. Again, I love the fact that you learned this. You didn't learn this in a vacuum, you know, psych, you know, in some psych class. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. You learned it in your own battle, being an MD, not loving your job, then getting in the game, the blame game with a spouse and, you know, letting the game get out of hand to the point that you lost yourself. Exactly. And a lot of like a lot of things. I had a degree in psychology and I did conflict management workshops for people and I did all kinds of things. But it, it at that point was a lot of academic. Yeah. And not. Okay, let's let's apply this. What am I actually? How am I living? And what am I doing? And that's what I was doing. Hmm. Again, normal human, but not necessarily going to make you feel better. And if you look at what we've become, we have uh, students. They're not succeeding in school. We blame the teachers. We don't look at our kids. Yeah. Um, and the, the teachers blame the parents. Yeah. Or or the we blame or, the teachers' parents. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or the or well or the or the organization or the lack of funding or the government or Right. And then and then yet there's still examples in every one of those levels of you know, kids who are still thriving, who's who are taking responsibility for some things in their own reading, or parents who are still thriving and are underfunded or do don't have parents in the room. Are helping. I mean, the reality is, is there's still going to be the exception to every one of those rules, right? Yes. That's responsibility, isn't it? And it's, uh, as I said, it's a, it's a good thing. But you know, even when you look at uh, lowland gorillas, there's a, a very famous lowland gorilla named Coco who learned sign language. Mm-hmm. And when her trainer said, and, and she had broken one of her toys, and when the trainer said, "Who broke that?" She signed that it was one of her handlers, <laughs> and she was actually the one that did it. Really? So even um, Coco. So it's not the sole ownership of humans. It's, no. Uh, it's it's a maybe an inborn or uh, innate behavior, but or maybe part of our collective unconscious. But it starts so young that that even as infants, yeah. That what's the very first thing you? I I do some obstetric anesthesia. Mm-hmm. So one of the very first things that a newborn baby hears is the mother turning to the father saying, it's all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You caused this pain. 
yeah, it's interesting. Giving birth. Yeah. We, we hear Blaine pretty early on. I, I love the idea that um, Coco, I mean, so what this might be telling us, it is. it really is kind of an inherent, whatever it is, it could be... Uh, but it's it's a survival instinct almost to to obfuscate and to hide cause effect hide it because and I, that's the neat thing about having a brain is you can you can complicate cause effect you can actually oversimplify it too um, but wow you know in the real world whoever was holding the broken tree limb probably broke it. <laughs> so, exactly. you know, but in, in our world where we can make meaning happen, you could just say, yeah, I found it broken and we can make up a big convoluted story. But it seems like a really interesting survival technique that we'll do naturally. Hmm. Yes. And we, most negative, more negative behaviors are, as you said, survival. Yeah. And more positive behaviors are thriving and flourishing. Yeah, we're trying not to necessarily survival. Yeah, get ahead. And maybe that's, you know, maybe, too, that's where we... We the opposite maybe of thriving with a blame would be taking credit where you shouldn't, and you know uh, owning now now you're going to take responsibility where you actually didn't earn it. That's fascinating. We're talking with Dr. Neil Farber, the author of the book The Blame Game: The Complete Guide to Blaming, How to Play and How to Quit. We're going to take a break. Uh, come right back with Dr. Farber, and he's going to continue to give us more tools, ideas. What are some of the rules of the blame game? How do you win the blame game and what are the biggest or who are the biggest blamers? More to learn about blame. I hope you're taking it in. Get it into your head. Do you consider yourself somebody that steps up, takes responsibility, you know, doesn't just have to pass the buck? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about the blame game, and we actually have the author of the book, The Blame Game, on the show with us today. Uh, Dr. Neil Farber is joining us. He wrote the book, The Blame Game, The Complete Guide to Blaming, How to Play and How to Quit, um, just based on personal experience where he got into a a blame game. And interestingly, when you're in the blame game, maybe you're not going to win no matter what you do. Dr. Farber... uh, Actually has uh, a degree in psychology, um, and and an, as an adjunct faculty uh, member at the Department of Psychology at Arizona State University, he's also an associate professor of pediatrics, pharmacology, and anesthesia at the Medical College of Wisconsin. That's yes, that's a dual doctorate degree in research and medicine. He's doing all of it. He also, uh, you know, he even does courses in wellness for physicians and uh, is an author, has written a ton of articles and abstracts. Dr. Farber, welcome back, and thanks for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. You bet. And the blame game, again, I the more we uh, – I can see it everywhere. James and I off air here, we just had a great conversation. We won't get into it, but it is his sister's fault if she's listening. <laughs> uh, she can call later yeah. and he'll I clarify. Gotta, i got to tell you, when i done book signings, uh, the I'll have people come up to the table, and every I, all but one person has ever come up to the table. Everybody who comes up says, 
I really need this book for my husband, my wife, my son, really? my daughter, my mother, because they blame me for everything. Oh, man. That's Interesting. It. Yeah. Nobody wants to buy the book because they need nope. it. Everybody nope. wants to buy the book because someone yep. else blames them. Well, I love that. Yeah. Do, do any of you have problem? I always ask that when I speak. Anybody have a problem in a relationship? And no one answers. Does anybody have a friend with a problem in a relationship? Every <laughs> hand goes up. Oh, yeah, for sure. My friends are messed up. Hey, uh, what are some of the rules to the blame game? You've uh, you've taught us kind of the ABCs where we get into accusing, blaming, criticizing, denying, excusing, finding fault, all patterns, you know, to not have to deal with it. But what are the rules to the actual blame game? Well, again, in the book, I, I list rules and, and uh, how do you win the game and make it sound like a game. But yeah. The first part of the book is uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, that way, and then the remainder of the book is is uh, how to look at the process and how to move beyond that. So the rule the list of rules is very short. It's you can team blame, group blame, individually blame. Hmm. The game's quite intuitive. The instruction manual just says blame everyone, blame often. It's like <laughs> uh, voting in Chicago. Uh, blame often and uh, blame when in doubt. Blame when you have no doubt. Uh, blame those you love and strangers as well. And don't blame with discrimination. Yeah. Be an equal opportunity blame. Yeah. Blame. Every, if you're going to blame, you don't want to just blame one group. You don't want to, I mean, spread the blame out. That's right. You can do it in, uh, verbally. You can do it in written formats. It's accepted in any one of 6,900 <laughs> known languages. Even, even as we said, sign language. Yeah. Because you can still blame in sign language. This yeah. is, see, I think you're onto something here, Doc, because this, uh, a lot of people would think this is a negative thing, but you're actually teaching us, you know, in tongue in cheek that there's, you know, you can blame everyone everywhere, does not matter, no need to stop, keep it going, life is good, blame away. That's right. In the book, I talk about the world record for 100 unique blames uh, was 14 minutes and 20, se- 20 <laughs> seconds, said in 1978 by anyone but me. Okay, so anyone but me, Annie, one but me. Um, yes. you, you, I think that you could break that record. <laughs> That's an old record. That seems like an easy one. I've met people that you know. We, I heard more blames than one minute. Than, or you know, what was it? Fourteen minutes was that the record? Yeah, for one hundred unique blames. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, unique. Okay, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I guess in this in this uh, hypothetical tongue in cheek example, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a winner, a real winner. I mean, it seems like in the end, you're just killing yourself. Uh, great point. Very true. Um, you, you lose a lot. It's, uh, while it's addictive and it's, your urge is overwhelming, it's overpowering, um, but once you, uh, once you get there, the feelings are transient. Yeah. Because blaming doesn't, uh, it's not that it's, not just fun for the for the blamee, the person being blamed. Obviously, they're going to have some emotional, psychological injury. Uh, chronic blaming in relationships can be a form of emotional abuse. Sure. So it's not just the blamee, but also the person who's blaming. Uh, it's an expensive game for them. Yeah. Because as you said, you're, you're going to lose control of your life. You're basically saying, I'm not responsible. I, I can't. I don't have control. Someone else is responsible for what I think, what I do, what I feel, how I respond, how I act, and react. Yeah. So it really sets us down. It limits my potential for success 
when I believe that everybody else controls how my day goes. Oh, but some people, that it's so real to them. It's so real that their pain is not theirs. It's... It's right. the and and it's almost I call that um, logical force. They use that logic, the the obvious logic that well you know he did hurt me, um, and then the logic that so you should be hurt to keep the the blame alive, and yet even if it's not against our value system, we still I mean everyone knows that they're responsible and they have a choice and but we kind of overlook that by just the simple energy of yeah but he caused it exactly as soon as it- but he, as soon as it's a but. Yeah, the but, yeah. When they, yeah. yes. It, and also, just in terms of relationships, your specialty, it, it, you can't have a positive, developing, healthy relationship when when it really is based on a poor, product, uh, non-productive, and yeah. destructive form of communication, like blaming. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah, because it's not, I, I call that real. It's not... It's not real. It's it's an illusion. It's a fake story we keep telling each other, and then we blame each other. Are, are there certain people that you would say are bigger blamers? Um, really, I think it's it's so pervasive that everyone obviously does it, even when we don't think we are, when we're we're trying to uh, trying to quit. But um, really, people who fear responsibility. Um, so again, as you said, we we blame ourselves, but um, any, any family members, neighbors, when we talk to our kids about the neighbors did this, the people across the road did that, even things when we say them um, as as I listen as innocent blames, or we're just telling a story, mm-hmm. um, and we I call them casual blames or innocent blames or walkabouts. There's no malice or anger. You're just passing the time away. You're telling a story, but in the story is who's to blame and who's at fault and who did this to that and who did this to them. So just in casual conversation, without any malicious intent, we just throw out innocent blames, casual blames. And even that, I mean, that's something we probably need to be paying attention to. We're talking with Dr. Neil Farber, the author of the book The Blame Game. The Complete Guide to Blaming, How to Play and How to Quit, uh, you know, of which, you know, is tongue-in-cheek, except the reality is there, there is no winner. If you're in the blame game, you're either going to be blamed, beaten down emotionally, or you're going to win the blame game and then be left having nothing. No responsibility, no benefit, no out, except for the fact that uh, your life's messed up, but you've got someone to blame. So it's a really good story. Today we're talking blame and the blame game. We're going to take a break, come back more with Dr. Neil Farber. After this break, we're going to get uh, into, the, into the game and start figuring out how do you change this pattern? How do, you, uh, how do you let go of the blame? This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Top of the afternoon to you. 
I don't know what that was. Hey, this is uh, the Blame Game Day. Today's the day we're teaching about the Blame Game, and, uh, you know, we're giving you some tools, some ideas to maybe let go of blaming. It doesn't seem to really serve you long term. It is a great way, though, to tick everyone off and to, you know, have a great story where you don't need to deal with it. But in the end, guess what? You're still left hanging and holding the bag. Because even if you blame everyone else for why you tripped, hey, you still tripped. Or if you blame everyone for why that thing got broken in the house, guess what? It's still broken. In the end, blaming somebody gives us, I guess, something to do quickly. Sadly, it doesn't change much. And really what it does is it puts off your ability to take responsibility and change and do what you got to do. So we decided to bring in the expert, the author of The Blame Game, uh, Dr. Neil Farber is joining us. He is an associate professor of pediatrics, pharmacology, and anesthesia at uh, the College of, of Wisconsin um, with a dual doctorate degrees in research and medicine. He's also got uh, another degree in psychology and is an adjunct fun- faculty member at the Department of Psychology at Arizona State University. He's a certified coach, a blogger for psychology today. He goes on medical missions and volunteers for those. He, he really is a renaissance man. And to top it all off is the author of many books, but one book that uh, you really got to check out is called The Blame Game. The Blame Game, The Complete Guide to Blaming, another book out there, Making Lemonade, and a soon-to-be-released book, The No Blaming Zone. Uh, again, you can get those at uh, if you just go to Amazon.com. Uh, Dr. Neil Farber, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. Good to have you. Here. And you know what? Honestly, a great, a great topic. And I love just the humanity of this, the reality of it, because you're not coming in saying, I'm the best in the world. This started with you getting in a blaming kind of paradigm with your, with your wife, which eventually led to uh, a divorce, but then taught you how to, how to kind of work through this and, and figure out what's going on with the blaming. So what do we do? Why, let's, let's start to see if we can't solve it. What are some things we should be doing? Um, I mean, it seems like in all, almost every regard, blaming is bad. I, I don't know. I mean, that's different than being accountable, right? I should hold people accountable, but yeah, I don't need to a, blame them. What's the difference? It's a great point. Um, when people ask me, well, is all blaming bad? Sometimes is, is it's okay to blame. And my answer is just using the word blame already sets up defensiveness. Yeah. But in a lot of high-risk or high-reliability organizations, aircraft carriers, nuclear power plants, medical field, we need to look at causal attribution. So if something something bad happened, we want to know what systems were in place that made this happen. A bridge collapses. I don't need to blame somebody, but I want to make sure that I've attributed the correct cause so that we can... Uh, correctness in the future, yeah. and and uh, so that we don't have this happen again. And when we do that, if we get the people involved looking at the process, then they're a lot more likely to to contribute to the process if it's not done with fingers pointing. Oh yeah, it's done to to find how did this happen so we can make sure this doesn't happen again, as opposed to putting them at the, in the corner of the room and everybody pointing fingers. And then having them say, well, it's not my fault, and they, they deny it. Then then they go quiet, right? And then their knowledge right. that would help us solve this in the future goes quiet with them. Absolutely. And we don't learn. Exactly. That's kind of like a, what do they call that? The um, 
the the one that sneaks out and you know the whistleblower kind of guy that mentality where the only way to do it is you have to be on the outside of the system and then tell on everybody because we can't learn inside the system it's just too right so the way the way we learn inside is by by doing a root cause analysis and trying to to look at how did this happen in a non-blaming kind of way uh-huh. but, but we only do that when we're when we're looking at improving safety, efficiency, um, things like that. But when it, when it comes to uh, getting retribution or trying to just avoid responsibility, then it's a not healthy yeah. thing to partake in. It seems like that's <laughs> – this sounds bad, but it seems like in a lot of big corporations or even government, what we, what we end up needing is somebody to pass the buck to. Or scapegoat. We need somebody to take the fall because somebody else doesn't want it attached to them. So that's where we. This, in a way, you can almost see the every all the goats start running because they don't know maybe which one's going to be the scapegoat, the one that's going to be blamed. Actually, and that's a great point. And it turns out that's a little bit more on the middle level management. When you look at the high level, those are people that do take responsibility. Stephen yeah, okay. Covey, who's yeah. the, uh, one of my uh, gurus. Uh, and actually endorsed, wrote the uh, little blurb endorsement on my book in the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. The first habit is responsibility. Yeah, Be, yeah own it. It's people at the top that do take responsibility. It's all the people fighting in the middle trying to gain ground who are uh, putting forth secret, secret blames or yeah. what I call blitzes. Yeah. I mean, it really, I guess, too, in, in certain levels of our leadership, it's easier. It's more acceptable. It's more. It's almost even more honorable to just take the blame, and right. and then uh, and then we got to get down deeper and and make sure we really figure out what's going on. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, you can almost see a middle manager being more afraid to do that. But I guess too, do you sense then that all blaming is bad? Or I guess if I guess it's just the words we're using. If we're not using the word blame, maybe everyone wouldn't start running. Maybe we just need to use accountability. Let's just let's just learn to take responsibility and make it safe to take responsibility. Yeah, and that's the the most important way to be able to to start quitting the game is to realize that you're doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. That everybody is doing it, and even when we deny it, when you look at the words you use, and we start pointing fingers, uh, like quitting any bad habit. Number one is acknowledge that you're involved in it. Yeah. And number two is take responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions, responses. Hmm. I, I, I see that so many times in relationships. As soon as they take the responsibility off of all of their pain off of their partner and they bring it to themselves, it doesn't mean their partner, they're not making mistakes and doing stupid things. But as soon right. as they own it, you can see this shift that takes place in them. And all of a sudden, of the, it's, they're empowered, right? Then they become empowered to become a change. Absolutely. It's liberating. It's empowering. One of the great ways that I like to have people make that transition is instead of when you're in a relationship and you're blaming, it's all you, you, you. Yeah. You did this. Yes, because you did this. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have done that except that you did this. <laughs> and the bl- obviously, blaming dramatically reduces intimacy. Yeah. When we change the U's to I's, I feel sad when this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's, it's 
more disarming. It's more honest. It's, it's feel I statements and feeling statements. And it's not pointing a finger. Here's what you did. It's here's how I feel when this happens. I think that's it. I just used an I statement. Um, you are right. That's a you statement. Um, but I really think that's powerful because uh, once I start owning my feelings and stating my feelings and even just stating my part of the problem, I tend to let I tend to not speak out when I'm feeling my frustration. And at times that may make things worse in our relationship. That's such a healthier statement than you ignore me and you are rude and we just get into this barrage of yous instead of right. fixing you, right? For getting on your own issue. That's powerful. Exactly. Um, what do you mean externalize? I know that's a big part of your book. And when when people externalize, what, what are they doing? Um, well, when... Uh one of one of the ways that I say to get off the blame train is judging others favorably. And in doing that, we try to empathize with others instead of um, accusing and criticizing. We try to, or complaining, we try explaining. And so to empathize with others, and one of the ways that we do that is, um, is people tend to externalize for others they don't know. And what I mean by that is, when I do something bad or wrong, I butt in line or I go through a yellow light and I know I shouldn't, I externalize for myself. I say, I wouldn't have done that except that I'm late picking up the kids because my boss kept me at work late and because other people were driving so slowly and normally I wouldn't go through a yellow light except all those things happened and it made me. Mm-hmm. So I like to think of myself as a good person. I wouldn't have done something bad, but external factors made me do that. When we look at others, they go through a, a yellow light and make us jam on our brakes and spill our coffee, and we say, oh, you so-and-so, they're disrespectful, they're yeah. dangerous, they don't care about anybody else. And we internalize for them, and we, even though we don't know them, we make up a story about what they're like. Yeah, and it feels and real, yeah. To do is to empathize, for, to empathize, and to empathize, we can externalize for them. Give them the same excuses that you would have given yourself. Yeah. So, oh, no, I hope they're okay. Their <laughs> house is burning down. Their, their babysitter has to leave, and nobody's going to be watching their kids. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone through the yellow light. And what that does, is, it, may or, it may be true, it may not be, but what it does is all of a sudden I can relax. My blood pressure goes down. My heart rate goes down. I feel love and empathy and caring instead of frustration, anger, upset, blaming. All of those things are unhealthy for me. The person driving the car doesn't have any idea how yeah, I feel. They're just driving. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing their externalizing and internalizing on someone else. Exactly. But for me, it's a lot healthier if I can externalize, then I can relax. And when I... If this happens on the way to work, I'll spend the next 20 minutes involving everyone else on what happened on my way in and how yeah. nasty this person was. And it just cycles negativity, and it's not necessary. I call that humanizing, where we tend to, you know, we always tend to dehumanize them, and, you know, we get into the evil awfulizing and turn them into something really ugly. Yes. But when we do it to ourselves, we're like just wonderful humans who just had this weird intervening external <laughs> variable that needed right. to be dealt with. 
they're all situational excuses for us. And, so true. And internal badness for others. And then it and creates the energy, that. right? That that energy is really what we're trying to deal with with the blame. But if we don't deal with the right the energy, we we will not end up getting rid of the feeling. And so somehow the feeling's got to shift, and blaming seems to keep the feeling the same. Yes, once, exactly. Once once you've experienced this relaxation from externalizing and empathizing with others, your heart is open and you just feel so much better about people, whereas when you're thinking about blaming, it always uh, leads to poor relationships, it worsens our views of other people. Yeah. It, it mean, and and it and it costs you stuff. Like it even costs. It could cost a marriage, but it could cost a job. It could just cost yeah. your health. Yes, Men- mental, psychological, spiritual health. Yeah. One yeah. of the other yeah. things that I that I uh, like to advise when I'm talking about getting off the uh, as a blame train or quitting the blame game is when we believe that there's a greater purpose, and that purpose. It can be God, can be anything that you believe in, but something greater than yourself. When life has life has meaning and things yeah. happen for a reason, then it causes us less to blame others for what happens. Yeah, yeah, you do. That's the context, huh? You need kind of a larger life context can can actually create that ability to to maybe interpret others healthier and and find peace faster. You're on your way to get a get on a plane, and everything is happening against you. You can't get there. People are driving slowly, and then the light doesn't change. And, yeah. and the old man is walking across the road, and you you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and you miss your you miss your plane, and then you find out that the plane crashed. So yeah. while you're blaming the road construction and the old man and the ducks walking across the road and your bus for being late now do you take that same time afterwards to thank everybody because you didn't get on that plane right thanks for slowing me down i mean we don't do we but if you got the, the context you could easy. yeah <laughs> i love but, it so one of the things that i like to do is instead of waiting to see oh what is the silver lining here what is the the secret that i don't know that made this good, I'm going to assume that there is one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just assume that if I tried my hardest and I still couldn't make it happen, rather than blaming everyone, I'm going to assume that this happened for a good reason. And I don't know what the reason is yet, and it's now my responsibility to find out what the reason is. And I'm going to be an investigative reporter, and and I'm going to pay really close attention, but somehow this is going to be for the good. Oh, I love that. Yeah, life has a good purpose for you. There, this is for your benefit. Somehow, this will serve you. Right, P- powerful. And it, it does, as you said before, it empowers you because now I can look for how to make the best out of this situation. Not, oh well, I'm I'm upset about it, and yeah. I'll just try and pretend, put on a fake smile, and make the best of it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about really turning this into a positive. That's, Changing all your have tos and got tos into get tos and want tos. It's powerful. Then all of a sudden you're you're back in the driver's seat. Now you're in the real game of life. Now yeah. you've given up the blame game, and now you're 
you're going to lead your life. Dr. Neil Farber, so appreciate you. Again, they can go find the book, The Blame Game, The Complete Guide to Blaming, and also they should be looking for the soon-to-be-released No Blaming Zone. When is that due out? Uh, in the next, uh, should be out in the next two to three months. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to have to have you back, talk more about the No Blaming Zone Dr. Neil Farber, go check it out. Go find the blame game. Uh, Wonderful stuff. Wonderful insight. And again, a powerful set of tools, even just believing that there is something good that can come from anything. Uh, Keep that dream alive, that hope alive. We're taking a break. Uh, More tools, more ideas when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about blaming and the tendency we have to blame. We blame everybody. The neat thing about uh, blaming is you can blame not only the uh, you know the person who has offended you, who has hurt you, but a lot of times we even end up blaming victims. Is that right, Merritt? Yeah, it's, um, it's actually kind of a huge political yeah. deal, especially in cases of... Rape. Sexual, yeah, yeah, rape, sexual assault, things like that. You shouldn't have been where you were when yeah, you were you there been, at that time. You, know, you shouldn't have been drinking. You shouldn't have been wearing that. And it, yeah. it can get really messy. Um, I, And you know what? That's not – I don't want to go into the politics of right. that. You know, well, I mean, yeah, there's like – yeah. There's so many things to consider there. However, there are lots of kind of smaller things that we kind of don't really think of when it comes to victim blaming. Um, one of those things is bullying. Oh, yeah. Some other things would be hazing. Yeah. Um, you should stick up for yourself. I mean, I know they had tied you to a shower yeah. in the men's gym, but why didn't you say something to the coach? Exactly. So they're kind of these interesting things. And there's actually a lot we can learn um, about blaming from victim blaming in general. Yeah. Um, so one interesting thing I think is that to a certain extent, um, it doesn't do anything good to blame the victim. I mean, if you're blaming the only blaming the victim, you don't require the victim to take any action. Yeah, right. And so this is actually um, particularly important in cases of bullying. Um, studies have actually shown that schools are students are more likely to be bullied in schools that have anti-bullying programs than they are in schools that don't. Really? Yeah. So it's like we're not helping. Yes, we're not. Something's missing there. And one of those things is is that because we blame the bully and not the victim, which mm-hmm. again we don't want to throw around blame. Right. But it would be helpful for the victim to learn some good strategies, strategies for how to deal how with How do we people. do this? Where do we go? You know, so yeah. by not requiring the victim to change at all, we don't give them the tools that they need to, to be, be able res- to, yeah. to, you know. And to feel a responsibility to move on, to change, to do whatever they need to personally do to be healthier. Yeah, exactly. That's huge. So the, I feel like that's a really interesting one is that blame aside, if you're yeah. a victim of something, learn what you can do to yeah. take action against something. You know? Maybe that's the maybe that's the conversation is the blaming makes it so we don't learn. Yeah. And so that the lack of learning, that vacuum of learning makes sure that the victims and the villains aren't really going to change. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um another one is blaming a blaming a lot of the time just helps us avoid vulnerability. Oh yeah. It helps us not admit that something was wrong. Right. So somebody did something bad and somebody was fine. And so we don't, 
you know, if if you blame the victim especially, you're blaming the fact that they were more open or more innocent yeah. or more, more anything than you. So pushing the problem away just helps us keep building walls. Every time we blame somebody, we build walls. And um, again, take that back to a personal level. Do you do you ever do that? Do you ever blame somebody in order to hide something about yourself? Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. So, I mean, this is where we need to have an intervention for James because James uh, was blaming his sister for something. We're not going to bring it up. <laughs> but if she's listening, uh, you know, James, you need to, you know. It's her fault. Let's be honest. <laughs> we can't even get into it because it's just so personal. Yeah. But if you're out there in listener land, just imagine something so personal that we couldn't get into. Oh, <laughs> great. That opens up a lot of doors. <laughs> it won't help. Um, but anyway, I'll help you with that later, James. We'll work that out after. Uh, the, the, it's interesting, too, the, um, like certain people like Elizabeth Smart, mm-hmm. she also don't – she doesn't even want to be framed as the victim. Like she doesn't even want that label. She knows she was victimized. Yeah. But she doesn't – she wants to be, from what I've read and heard, and she wants to be responsible. She, she wants to move on and change and do what she can with it instead of just being stuck with some label. Exactly. And that brings me to my next point is that um, one problem with um, being – blaming victim – or blaming is that you start becoming a victim. Mm-hmm. And it's not just if you were actually a victim of something. Yeah. It's just – being a victim, that you always push the responsibility of any problem on somebody else. Yeah, then you and therefore, take that again, on. you yeah. never take it on so that you'll change and improve for yeah. the future. Um, and so that brings me to one possible solution, and that is to learn to take responsibility and not blame. Yep. So there's, there's definitely a difference between, you know, taking the blame. Nobody, yep. blame I isn't know, healthy bet, in any, right, you know, that's right. not healthy. But taking responsibility is definitely a good thing. And that doesn't mean that you created the problem and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it was your fault. It means that you recognize that in some aspect you might need to change. Yeah. And that is really where the most healthy conversations start is, yeah. well, how can I change to make sure this problem doesn't happen again? And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't even, it's not, again, it's not your fault. Sometimes well, it definitely was somebody else's fault. It may not even have to do with to what yourself, got you there. I mean, the, the change might need to be how you move forward with it and yeah. not continue to be replaying the story Exactly. So imagine you're working with a difficult coworker and you always seem to have these things. You always blame it on the coworker or you blame it on, you know, say the coworker is super difficult and it totally is their fault. But you can always, you can say to yourself, how can I change the way I communicate with them? How can I be more effective with an ineffective communicator? Exactly. So it's, it's not about, it's not about blaming. It's about being able to change afterward. That's see. So what if, yeah, instead of blame, we learn, learn, we change, change, it'll happen again. Yeah. More junk will be there tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I'll still be able to be responsible. I'll still be able to learn. I'll still be able to change and do what I can do. Be better tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Kaizen, continuous improvement. <sighs> Our work is done. Well done, Merritt. Thank you. Man, did that help, James? Yeah, I think I got some good insight there. So do you know that you now need to learn from what your sister did? Yeah, I guess maybe... Don't play the victim anymore. I just need to learn not to trust her anymore. Oh, boy. See, yeah, we're not there yet. We'll still be working on James during this break. We're going to come back, and when we come back, the child whisperer is here. Julie Nelson will be joining us. We call her the bomb mom. She's going to teach us how uh, to help manage the blame game in our children, in our families, 
you know, how to teach responsibility. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Hey, off air, what we like to do is just take James aside a little bit at a time, just fix him a little, little nip, a little tuck here. And, uh, have we fixed you? Have we helped? Uh, I'm in the process. I'm still getting sculpted. Yeah. He just learned something about his grandma that he didn't know. (laughs) (sighs) Good times. Hey, uh, today on the show, we're talking about blaming and we brought in the pro, the bomb mom, the child whisperer, wife and mother of five children who, by the way, blame her for everything that's ever gone wrong in their lives. Not true. Uh, she's the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She also is uh, has a master's degree in marriage and family and human development. She teaches classes uh, in applied parenting and marriage and relationship skills at Utah Valley University. You got to go to her blog, a spoonful of parenting.com. And she's also the uh, recipient of the first um, Naked uh, Troll Doll Award for the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> you gave me a troll doll. That's right. And then uh, I think you thought it was a leprechaun. It was for St. Patrick's Day. It I was. was here on St. Patty's and I brought you this little troll, troll that was, doll. I was like, you know, dress it up, put a little suit coat, top yeah. hat, top of the yeah. morning to you. We haven't and, done that. And yeah. But it was really just, a, it was a naked troll with a big hole in his head. And then she said, but all you could see on the troll really was his big belly. And then she said, yeah, he reminds me of you. Okay. Did you talk to your husband about I that? I think you, you have not gotten over that, Matt. I'm not. I'm, and it was a joke. Well, have your, has your husband talked to you? Because that, <laughs> that was rude. Anyway, that, that's, so the children have planted it. It's beautiful. It's a chia troll. It's a chia troll. And, you're, and it's going to grow green hair. Well, that's what we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. But it looked pretty old. Mm-hmm. Those chia seeds... They last for thousands of years. They oh. find them in the Egyptian tombs. Wow. Were those from the Egyptian <laughs> they, tombs? They were. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Now, you're here not to talk about the troll. You're here to help us as parents. When our kids get in the blaming game, Yeah. Uh, I like to just send everyone to their room. Right. And just go to bed. Right. Because you're all driving me crazy. Yeah. Because I have no choice in the matter. You make me See, that's crazy. See, that's me blaming them that yeah. you're ruining my night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I inherited insanity from my kids Mm because all their faults, like before I got here, Matt. So I like I'm a little late running to the studio because of my son and he was doing his math homework and I had to stop and help him because he was having a little freak out moment (laughs) because he was trying to do his math homework and he couldn't understand it because the teacher didn't teach it correctly today in school. So what was she doing or he doing? So he came home with work he could not figure out because she didn't teach it well. So then I had to come in. Mitch made me late for your studio. See, that's why. So you helped him. See, I don't see my kids. know I don't do math. This is how I helped him, Matt. Are you ready? I, t- I took the pencil out of his hand and said, the pencil's in timeout for a while because it's going to get broken in just a few minutes because you're so angry. Ooh. So when Mr. Pencil can, can, Mr. Pencil can come back in a few minutes as soon as you're calmed down. Uh, you know, so really? that we don't and, blame because yeah. yeah, then, yeah. then the it's pencil not, becomes the yeah. problem well, and, then, and then we break it and then mm-hmm. we take all the frustrations out on some other inanimate objects. So yeah. I just said, pencil's in timeout. Timeout. We're all just yeah. taking a timeout. We're all taking a break. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. 
Wow. It, it works. Mm-hmm. I would never have gone there. Yeah. But that sounds smart. But no, I didn't step in and do math because I don't get sixth grade math. Well, yeah. Oh, he's a sixth grader. It's grade. way above me. <laughs> I was thinking of my 17-year-old when you were telling this story. Um, it's hard because we like to blame, right? We got we kind of talked about that. But it really is we just don't want to be wrong. Right. As parents, we've got to be right all the time. Yeah. And then we lose our power and control and authority figure. And yeah. so why would I want to admit to my mistake? So I'm going to blame it on something else so yeah. that I still am in, you know, in control here. Pretending to have seeming control and wisdom. Yeah. So when you really don't. Right. So you learn it early. You know, on and we show it to our kids in really bad ways where we're in the car. We start yelling at the other drivers and we say, you know, it's all their fault. Yeah, move. I'm, I'm, I, it's too, you know, they're going too slow. I'm going to miss my be late for work today. You know, and they hear us vent frustrations at home about how a coworker ruined our chances for promotion or, you know, I didn't do well in putting because it was my nine iron, yeah. you know, whatever it yeah, is, right. it's something else, some person, some situation or something that causes us to not get our goal. And so it's got to, we got to deflect it. But then it's we, a, it's, then a, it's we, a defense but it's mechanism. It's a language issue because we use words like we have to or they made me or, mm-hmm. oh, you made me so mad. And is it enough, do you think, to just catch the language? Does the language shift us for real? Yeah, it's a paradigm shift, shift, Matt. And I taught parenting classes in the community for a while. And um, one of the most amazing moments in that whole class, that course, was having parents realize that their children do not make them do anything. Uh-huh. They grew up in families, you know, generationally, they would hear, you know, you made me so yeah. angry. And it, it becomes, even among spouses, uh, a tool for emotional abuse. You made me, you know, you could, sure. you would burn the dinner, so you made me so mad, so I, I, I yeah. had, you know, I hit you because. Mm. So children learn this. It becomes an emotional and even a physical abuse scapegoat type thing. Yeah. But in this class, I would, you know, I would teach them the fact that you have total control over your emotions. No one can make you feel anything without your consent. Yeah. And so no one makes you anything. And they're like, no, 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 really. When my kids, you know, they do this, then it makes me. I said, no, wait, you have a choice in every matter. You can walk out of the room and not be offended or be offended or be mad or not be mad or whatever it takes. And that was uh, that was revelatory. Yeah. To but then they're always parents. like, well, yeah, but I'm not a prophet. I'm not I'm not a god. <laughs> I can't. Perfect. I'm not perfect. You don't have to even be perfect. You could just still. Mm-hmm. And like we were talking about earlier, just recognize, just recognize your tendency to give that power away to other people. Yeah. Some people do it almost culturally. I had somebody that uh, in my family once that told me that um, we have a little Irish in us, I guess, and Scottish. So a little stubbornness and a little temperament. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. So they were almost blaming our our temperament on our ancestry, even though I guess that could be true maybe. And yet sometimes it's, I guess, just me being yeah, angry. Yeah, <laughs> and I've heard, that, I've heard that as well. You blame it on your parentage or your yeah. culture. And people will say, that's just the way that I am. Yeah. That's just the way that boys I am. Boys will be boys. Exactly. And that's another blaming type yeah. thing. It's scapegoating what, yeah. for whatever reason. But be who you should be, yeah. not just what I guess your DNA would say you're meant to be. Otherwise, we would all live down to our lowest attributes, <laughs> right? We don't yeah. ever hear the great attributes of every culture. We just hear the ones that are like... <laughs> the lowest culture. Yeah. Up. And in a way, yeah. it's just such a sad... 
commentary that we think we're so controlled. That's determinism, right? Mm-hmm. Determinism would say we're determined to be the way we are because of our genes, our age, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We, or fatalism. We, yeah, mm-hmm. we can't get out of that. Right, absolutely. That's sad. So so that's the one thing for your listeners and that my, my the parents I taught, really it was just this huge paradigm shift of you saying, you know, I choose to be insert whatever emotion when you do this. But I choose. I choose to be angry. Yeah. I choose to be I'm choosing. Just change that instead of saying I am or you make me say I choose to. And that really helps you to define the fact that I have chosen this. Yeah. And if I choose to be angry, I can always choose to not be angry. Oh, yeah. As well. That's see that just that's a language shift. I've seen Mm -hmm. just shifting your language does a lot to your brain. Mm hmm. It absolutely does. So when you want to have emotional maturity, you have to start with honest humility. And you are honestly being humble with the fact that I really I've lost it and that was my it was my choice. Yeah. You know, I don't I can't shift that onto you. It seems like too we end up um we kind of make it we take a very specific scenario and we make it a life purpose like a life reality. All things are bad. Every time I drive to work People in Orem, Utah, mess my life up. They are the worst drivers, and it's really, it's not. Nothing's that universal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's if it were, boy, life would be well. I mean, maybe Orem drivers, but um, <laughs> life is not that. Predict- Some, it's yes. more. It's more specific, I guess. Yeah. So again, so start wor- avoiding words that connect your emotional state to another person's behaviors or yeah. their actions. So even I can say this in a positive way, Matt, where I've I've taught parents, and you know I know this is kind of startling, but not even to say you make me so happy or you make me oh, yeah. so proud, yeah. because then the child becomes a pleaser. Where I have to make mom feel this way, I'm responsible yeah. for her emotions. Oh, yeah. So and, and then if mom's bad, then mm-hmm. it must be my fault. Absolutely. If mom's sad, it's my That's fault. That's right. And you know, there's an educator named Bonnie Harris who said this. Which she talked about the different temperaments and how kids internalize the blaming by their parents this way. She said, when more spirited children feel blamed, their focus turns inward with self-protection. Right. Yeah. They defend themselves against the blame to keep keep themselves from getting into trouble. So they'll turn on you, and yeah. then they'll but but you did this, or it's your fault. Back, you know, they'll do that. Um, they act out, and they learn how to get sneaky and to shirk responsibility. Mm. Now, children who are more adaptable with more you know even temperaments take blame personally. They they plummet into guilt. They learn that everything is their fault and they lose self-esteem. Okay. So depending on the type of child, the, the way you blame changes the way that they um, their outcome. Interesting. So some yeah. might be more shamed mm-hmm. and some might be more defensive, yeah, defensive and, 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 and attack you back. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, wow. um, yeah, really interesting. Who'd have thunk it? Absolutely. And, you know, an example that I want to share is that we as parents and your listeners out there need to say the blame game stops here. The buck stops here because I am I am showing I'm I'm mentoring I'm modeling for my kids uh, healthy or unhealthy behaviors. And if we want to stop the blame game in our families. Then just like with a marriage, you don't say, well, I do it if he would, yeah, right. He'd, you know, like in a marriage, you say, no, you, you stop with you, what you can do. Yeah. And so parents need to say, okay, now I'm going to stop what I can do and then it'll trickle down. Yep. Um, and so, you know, kids will learn. They're smart learn. kids. So, so talk out loud and say things out loud that they can hear you such as, oh man, I blew it. I've got to fix that. 
you know, take responsibility for what you can and, and say it out loud and let yeah. them hear you say, man, at work, I had a presentation and I was supposed to have this this graphic and I blew it. I did it. I procrastinated. And next time I'm going to do this and have them That's hear huge. you say it so that they know yeah. how to take responsibility, that it's OK to yeah. do it. It's all right to admit your mistakes and then how you're going to fix it. And two, they're seeing that. Dads make mistakes, mm-hmm. and dads will own it, and and now the language to handle it. I love yeah, that. Yeah, and take situations um, that are crucial in your child's life, such as the one that my neighbor experienced where she had she's a teacher, and she had three kids all cheat on a test. And, you know, the parents then march their kids in to the teacher. The one parent says, we're so uh, um, ashamed my child would like to uh, admit their fault. Uh, they'd like to own up and then tell you what they'll do in the future. Now, that's one parent. Mm. The other two, one blamed yeah, um, and said, well, da, da, da. The third one went so far as to say, are you ready for this? Yes. In front of their child, they said, well, if your class weren't so hard, my child wouldn't have to resort to cheating. So the child's hearing this dialogue between parent and teacher. He made me cheat. And that becomes this victimization um, that Merritt was just talking about earlier. Um, I really like this, uh, what uh, James Lehman said, because when you overprotect or step in or, or whatever, try to rescue your child from, from the consequences and, you know, and blame something else, then you teach them this, it's a me against the cold, cruel world. You know, it's me yeah. against, oh, no. And so I've got to, you know, uh, turn outward and blame something else. So this is what James said. Lehman, not you, James. This James hasn't <laughs> said much. <laughs> he said, <laughs> if you see your child as a victim, he will eventually see himself that way, too. So that this parent who said, this parent who said, if your class wasn't so hard, then he wouldn't have to cheat. So then she's really enabling her child to become the victim profile. Well, by the way, guess who's going to be the cause of his victimization the rest of his life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, eventually that paradigm will be turned on his mother and she'll be the perpetuator yeah. of his And he's going to say, well, you know what? I never could get a stable job as an adult because of you. Yeah, he's gonna you turn, coddled you, me. You, yeah, I'm the couch potato 30-year-old yeah. on your couch because, yeah. and he'll turn it back on her. You even defended my cheating when <laughs> I was eight right. years old. That's right. So uh, Dr. Lehman says here, um, this is perhaps the most treacherous part of blaming and excusing making, excuse making because it develops one of the worst possible perceptions in kids. The kid thinks, since I'm a victim, the rules don't apply to me. Mm. Herein lies the real danger. There are rules that accompany learning. These are rules that accompany individual change. Children who don't follow rules often don't learn and don't change. So the blaming it inhibits it. It 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 really um, it, uh, kind of handicaps the child yeah. to somehow learn, grow, move forward. They don't. Yeah. That's powerful. I yeah. mean, that's enough to scare you out. Stop being your tracks. I love to. Maybe we ought to be having an award for. Hey, let me. Let's just all point out how responsible so and so was today. He did such a great job owning because he he hurt so and so because they were playing and they got hurt and he owned it and apologized and he didn't blame anything. He just. I mean, if you start holding up examples for your kids every day mm-hmm. of responsibility taking instead of blaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's few of those in the media, but when you find them, yeah. point them out. 
bring it to the dinner table, bring out the newspaper or whatever, talk about these things in the media, people that they look and you know respect. Yeah. And then in their own lives as well. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about siblings, friends, you know. Another thing that you can do, Matt, is to be situation-oriented rather than blaming-oriented. So as a parent, instead of saying, like, okay, you walk in a room and the lamp is broken, right? Yeah. Instead of saying, who did this, right, which is what we all do. We who did I this? just yelled, James! Yeah. <laughs> you know who. Something you go like right to the person. James doesn't even live with yeah. us, but it's probably James. It's probably so. James. So you say, who did this? Because you just get into this accusing state yeah. as a parent. You know, uh, start with more gathering information. Be collaborative, as Dr. Farber said before, where you get instead of, the, you know, like the whistleblower, yeah. you know, you don't want to be the whistleblower on the outside. You want to be the person that solves the problem on the inside. So say, you know, what happened here? Let's yeah. work. Let's work on. I need some data. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. gather. Let's some gather data. some data. So what happened here is much better than who did this. And then the child will feel much more. They can trust you that they can talk about. They can be truthful because when you point the finger and say, who did this? Did yeah. you do this? Yeah. Oh, you know, no. Who's going to say, oh, I did, mother. I did, father. Thank you. And I will earn all oh, the money. Oh, you'll pay for that. <laughs> Should you not close one eye and tuck like a pirate? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. So so be pro- situation oriented. And then when we acknowledge what went wrong, then say, now, what can happen now? What? How yeah. can we fix this? What yeah. Would now, how can, we, how can we take responsibility, all yeah, of us? That's right. That's, that's right. good. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you know what you're doing, Julie. Maybe sometimes, yeah. I mean, you don't always buy great gifts, but the troll was awesome. I don't think you bought it. I think you found it. I think you found it uh-huh. in the back of some guy's car that's been abandoned for twelve years. <laughs> A naked troll-like man in an Egyptian tomb. In when an I Egyptian was tomb in doing my archaeology, with chia seeds. when my archaeology, <laughs> yes. Those were really big in South America. You must have been on a dig in South America. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Julie Nelson, again, the um, child whisperer. Go to her website, a spoonfulofparenting.com, a spoonfulofparenting.com. She's the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, for heaven's sakes, which is different than, you know, parenting without any power. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, because that'd get ugly. Mm-hmm. Will you stick with us? Sure will. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about, you know, where we, where we tend to blame things. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do we tend to blame? Uh, I don't know. I know I like to blame James, but not very much. We'll come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show wrapping it up on the blame game right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That is the wrap-up music, the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show and the blame game. We thought just in closing we might want to go around the horn here and find out, you know, what we've learned maybe and what and what we, you know, where we need to stop blaming. James, we, we could we obviously know James uh, used to always blame everything on his sister. Well, yeah, I think I should stop doing that. I think I should blame myself more because I like, <laughs> for example, I break lamps a lot. You and do break lamps a lot. So, I in do. fact, aren't you Sir B- Lamp a lot? Break lot. Sir, Sir breaks lamps a lot. That is one of my very long names that I go by. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's very hard <laughs> Sir to say. Lamp a lot breaks. I, Sir, I, yeah, yeah. Um, so you need you. You're gonna commit, I guess. To I guess blame yourself, but maybe not blame yourself. Just take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a better way of putting it. And your sister called. 
Oh, yeah. She, she, what'd she say? Well, she's sorry. Okay. And she loves you, and she thinks it's time you let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. I, I think I should enter that first. I should start yeah. that chapter of my life. That well, sounds yeah. very cathartic. And we'll, we'll use the music someday. <laughs> One day. Uh, Merritt, have you, uh, what, where do you tend to blame? Um, at home, we blame everything on the dog. Oh, poor if dog. there's any mess, if there's anything, what, what did the wrong. dog do to you though? I mean, that uh, seems... nothing. He just can't talk, and so if there is a puddle on the floor, well, if there's a puddle, you know, on the it's floor, not the it fact be the that dog. my sister didn't. <laughs> well, okay, no. I mean, oh yeah, or if there are crumbs everywhere, uh-huh. it's always the dog. But see, if you have a dog, there shouldn't be very many crumbs because they don't they eat the crumbs. He's kind of messy. He's a blind dog yeah. with a bladder <laughs> no. problem, which is fine. Just so you blame the dog. See, we don't have a dog. I would love a dog to blame, but I don't. I blame my children. If there's a mess, it's the kids. I blame the weather a lot. Do you? Yeah. For um, like your mood? Yeah. Do you? If I'm feeling crabby, it's the weather, or it's other, or other people's uh, volume. I blame that a lot. Too. Yeah. If people are being loud, then I am justified. I can't in think. feeling crabby. Yeah. yeah. What? Wow. It's all coming out, Julie. What do you blame? Oh, wow. I, I blame the Matt Townsend show for oh, all of my problems. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. I can't stand that show. <laughs> I blame, <laughs> let's see, I blame stress. Stress causes me to lose my reasoning. Really? It causes me to be imbalanced in life and it I lose my, you know, you judgment. Lose. Yeah. Yeah. You lose your your. your yeah, chi. so if I yell at the kids, it's because I'm too stressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Because you were on the Matt Townsend show. That's right. See, See I, need to, I, just, I need to stop coming here and I will never do another. Well, don't do that because <laughs> then I'd be stressed. <laughs> I'd make another. Yeah, I would never make another mistake. But see, I blame everything on um, like my troll doll. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think about my belly till I go home and look at the troll doll. <laughs> And then you remember that I said uh-huh. your belly, belly looks, looks like, like the, the troll, troll doll. doll with an empty head. And, <laughs> and then because you're going to become neurotic, you can blame that on me mm-hmm. and your St. Patrick's Day I'm gift. already blaming it on you. Yeah. You know, I, I love people that blame it on like the inanimate objects that they use. To, like, for example, like if people's playing like a video game or something, it's like, oh, it's the controller. The controller's totally oh, messed up. Oh, this controller like, needs I'm, batteries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I would play well, but oh, yeah. uh, it's the controller. Yeah. That's usually what I do. I blame the course when I go golfing. Do you too? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just yeah. a really fast green. You know, yeah. Yeah, it usually goes in. <laughs> I just got, I may, I may have a chance to throw a ball out at a baseball game. And I'm already blaming my shoulder. <laughs> and you haven't even thrown it. And I, haven't, I don't even have the opportunity to do it exactly yet, but I might have the opportunity. But I'm my shoulder, gah, it's already back. Oh, that rotator cuff. Darn rotator oh. cuff that happened to me when I was in Nam. <laughs> Never been to Nam. Lost your rotator cuff in Nam. <laughs> Nam is a, is a Korean place. No, it's Nam is a, I guess it'd be Vietnamese. It's a Vietnamese <laughs> restaurant in Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh, but it's got some good food. Um, we all blame. Okay, so here's my favorite quote, one of my favorites from Stephen Covey. Uh, it's not the snake that bites you that kills you. It's chasing the snake that drives the venom to the heart. It's not the problem that's going to kill you. You'll get over it. It's blaming and then blaming and then blaming and chasing and chasing that's eventually going to kill you. Let it go, folks. Let it go. Let it go. We're out of here. And I don't blame any of you for that. We're done. 
This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow, so it's not that tragic. We'll be back tomorrow. More tools, more solutions, more ideas. Give you a leg up and help you find the good life. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining us. You're listening, by the way, right here on BYU Radio.